I'm Carla with Race to Walk. These are just some thoughts on a Sunday. And um, what I do on Sundays is I give an update about um, some efforts, some friends and I have going on to help some African Christians who are um, currently um, evacuated to Pakistan. And so I start off with just a few thoughts. But uh, how I got into this, just kind of give an overview because it's a little bit of a crazy story. But my friend Mark Ritchie asked me to help him teach some Bible studies in Pakistan, which he had been doing uh, via Zoom since 2020. And uh, last October, that expanded to helping some some African Christians were in his Bible studies. And um, Pakistan is a very hostile place for them. And um, they have a lot of struggles there just even to avoid um, being deported back to Afghanistan, where a lot of them are actually on kill lists by the Taliban. So uh, we started uh, looking for options to help them. And that is, um, that is kind of been a life for like the last, what is the six, six months, I guess, um, started out like just trying to figure out how to get visas for them to stay in Pakistan without being deported. And uh, also looking at what immigration options might be. And that looked impossible at the time. It didn't seem like there was any way out for them, but there have been, um, we've gotten a lot more connections. Um, some other paths have opened. There have been some changes. And so now we're getting to the phase where um, not just getting situated and keeping them settled, but um, like safe where they're at, but we just are looking at ways to getting them moved. And so Mark's friend, Don, um, actually stepped in and Mark is just doing this as an individual, you know, personal ministry, uh, teaching in Pakistan. But Don has had a ministry, DonshireMinistries.org, for, I'm not even sure how long, but he does um, missions and does work like all over the world and has for a long time. And so he joined in and um, he has agreed that you know, if um, donations are made to his ministry, if you select Rice to Walk, that it will be donated to um, help the Afghan Christians. So if as I'm talking, you decide, oh yeah, I want to help um, get some African Christians moved, then you can donate that, donate to that, and um, it will it will um, go to help them. But that is uh, what um, what we're doing. Um, that's how I got involved. Um, the way Mark got involved, if you go back and look at the very first. A live stream I did on a Sunday. It was talking about um, Mark had uh, got to meet with some um, African Christians and talk with them. And his parents um, had been his dad had been in the military when he was growing up, and he was in Afghanistan for five years um, in the fifties, back when it was under a monarchy. And uh, he said at the time they only knew one. Christian and that was an Afghan that was there that they had a church there but it was just for English speaking people and his family has been ministering in that area in Afghanistan Pakistan ever since um, and he said when he was um, when he saw them you know these all these Christians you know there's just a, a network of Christians both in Afghanistan and um, Pakistan and so when he saw them, he said, I realized that God answered the prayer of my parents you know, 70 years ago. And so he, 
he got to see the answer to that prayer. And, uh, but it was, they were prayer seated a long time ago, 70 years, 70 years ago. And that kind of goes a little bit into one that I wanted to talk about today. Um, the title of this dream is Standing Your Ground. And there's kind of two aspects to this. I, uh, the last few weeks I've been talking about manipulation, manipulators, you know, how we can stand against manipulation. But um, this is um, about standing your ground. That's kind of been my like little lesson for the week because as I have mentioned in the past, for the past few weeks, I've had uh, someone that is um, trying to cause some problems for me, someone that um, has been manipulating things. And um, this week I was thinking, I, I realized there was a couple of realizations. I realized that this has been upsetting me. Part of the reason that this situation has been set upsetting me is because I feel like it's been um, taking my time and attention, and it has, that I would normally be spending on helping the Afghans. And I have to deal with this situation. So that is the case. But I felt like it was kind of a side thing that was distracting me from what, from what I need to be doing. And what I realized is that this is something I need to learn. Like it's not, it's not a side thing. It's the thing that I need to learn that whatever, you know, this, this thing is really bothering me really isn't that big of a deal overall. Um, it's kind of ridiculous actually. Uh, it's, and it's ridiculous that I've let this, uh, upset me, but, um, I should realize I have to, I have to be able to stand against it. And I was this week, I was like, I, I was thinking, oh yeah, I did. And I did stand against it. And then, um, this is what manipulators do. They don't respect boundaries. That was one of the things I talked about a couple of weeks ago. They don't respect boundaries and they keep trying to push. And so that's the point is like, even though people, um, don't respect boundaries or continue to push against, you know, um, push for their way or push against something, you still have to stand your ground in that. And that's just what I realized that originally I was like, I just wanted to go away this, this whole situation to be as if it weren't. And I realized this is, that's just not, that's not what's going to happen. And I'm, just going to have to continue to stand my ground on this. This is my lesson for the week. But the other part of it is that sometimes I think that we, um, this is a verse for the week. We, we kind of get to a point, I think, where we, sometimes we're doing things and we want to see a result, right? We want to see a positive result. result. And so we're working for something, but if we don't, if it doesn't come about the way we think it should come about or in the time that we think it should come about, or, um, if, if it doesn't look the way we want, then we think that it's not, it's either not worth it or that we lost. And that's not the case. And this is, um, Ephesians six thirteen. It's in the middle of the passage about the armor of God, but it's therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have, after you have done everything to stand. And so what this is about is like we, if, if you want to do right, there's always going to be an opportunity to do wrong. 
right? And just because you don't see you don't see the win doesn't mean that you should you should have uh, done something else, gone along with the winning side, or not done anything at all. You know what he, what Paul is writing here is that you have to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. So you do everything you can do, and then if you still need to, you still stand. You still stand and you still hold your ground against whatever the pressure is to do something else. And I think that um, it's easy sometimes if it if it seems like the the problem is too big just to not do anything at all. And I think we see that in politics a lot is that there really is nothing, you know, how many people are really, uh, you know, doing, you know, if our politicians are supposed to be looking out for the welfare of the people, how many are really doing that? And we have, it's because there's louder voices or, um, a lot of pressure to to cave and to go along with uh, something that isn't the right way. It doesn't mean that that's what you should do, right? And I think the situation that I've been thinking about that is just a really clear illustration of, about this is Ted Cruz. You know, he. Um, I know there are some people who said he's always been kind of like that. I realize that, but I, I honestly didn't see that like before um, the 2016 election. And he had some very strong words, you know, against Trump to begin with, right? And he, but then he caved and he backed down. And this is what I think. Obviously, I have no way of knowing this unless if he actually told me this someday. And I don't know if you see that happening, but I honestly believe this is what I think that he had he was given a word, a prophetic word, that he was going to be president. And I think he believed it. And he gets there. And he had he had a good chance, right? Out of who knows how many candidates that we had, uh, he had a very good chance to be the, the not Republican nominee. But then, crazy of all crazy, Trump gets the nomination. And he's pressured to go along with supporting him, go along with the party. And so he does, and he ends up looking, you know, like who, this is the thing, he will, he will never be president. He will never be president. He's just become, well, before he irritated people, I guess, but now he's just looks like a sniveling fool and nobody will vote for him. I mean, people, who are against Trump will never vote for him and people who are Trump supporters will never vote for him because he's he's just um, he he went with the flow when if he had stood firm I mean he wasn't getting that nomination anyway right and so if he had just stood firm and said no I'm not going to support this I will not he could have, if he wasn't president today, he, I'm 
he's would have had a very good chance in 2024 and now he just he just looks like a joke and when we make our decisions based on what we think is going to be a short-term gain then that is that is what will happen and there's so many people that i can think of that were christian thought leaders who basically sold their soul and i'm sure it was sold you know i'm sure that they got funding for their podcasts or their books or whatever to support particular positions and now they've been exposed and or you know who they were they, they don't have the respect anymore so whoever's behind the scenes you know paying them for their influence the people behind the scenes still have the money but they no longer have the influence that they did they no longer have the respect that they once did and so i think that um it's important to remember to just do the right thing because it's the right thing not because you know you think don't just go for the win you know go for what's right and one of the things that um i think is also important to remember is that the especially if, when we're a christian you know we are saying that we are going to follow god's will right and that we are seeking after him first and Jesus said, whoever would lay down their life, pick up with their cross and follow me, that that's whose disciple would be, right? So if we're looking at, I'm going to take these actions and sell out because I think I'm going to get a little bit further ahead, you're not seeking after him because Jesus isn't a sellout. And his plan, it's a lot longer game than what we're seeing. And sometimes he can be doing things and it doesn't seem like, it makes a difference or there's any point or um, you can do something and you can feel like you lost but the story the story isn't over the picture is a lot bigger and so you're not seeing how those actions when you did what was right even though it seemed like there was no point you don't know the impact of that it's that's Hebrews chapter 11 that's about the faith chapter it's these examples of all these people that held to the faith right and he said some of them never saw the answer they they never got the result in their you know in their lifetime but they still they still were faithful even even so and so you don't know what um those things those little efforts that seem like you know there's no point um, then you don't, you don't know the impact that will have like Mark's parents and their friends. They, many of them never saw this, this growth of Christianity in Afghanistan, but they prayed for it and they talked to people and they had friends. And so it did have an impact, even though they didn't see it. And the other person I was thinking of this week, as I was thinking about this is, um, I talked a couple last couple of weeks about you know some of the stuff that was going on in our school board and the current election. I talked a little bit about the 2017 election, and that was really kind of how I became aware of what was going on locally and in politics and things. Not that I know that much anyway, but it was an eye opener. And there was this—I should have gotten this, a slide to show um, 
picture of Bob, but um, there's this guy, Bob Rehack. I had known, I hadn't known him. I hadn't ever met him, but I knew about him since I first moved here. He was, he used to have a advertising agency, like an old school ad man. Um, he was uh, just always really involved in community projects and he's just somebody that is, um, you know, it's just, he's somebody that every community needs to have. And he decided to run for the school board and he started asking questions about, you know, different things like, why are we paying, you know, this much for, you know, a covering of a roof or $290 a square foot for a cow barn? And, you know, just asking different questions about things. And what was really telling was a response in, um, to those questions, like people, you know, he's just asking a question, but people are freaking out. So he ran for the school board and I was saying, man, he has to win because Bob is awesome. He's absolutely awesome. And he didn't. <laughs> and that was a shocker. I mean, the thing is hardly only 5,000 people voted in that election. That was the most anyone had voted in a school board election. That's part of the, part of the way they manipulate the votes. They keep the election in like this, you know, low turnout tied to, you know, Anyway, it, sh it should be in the general election in November, but it's not. But that's part of the way they, they control it. And um, that was a shocker. And there was weirdness about an appointment, too. And um, I think there was somebody that was actually going to be investigating that whole dynamic between the election and the appointment. But then Harvey hit. And... Um, so all the, everything, all the focus had to be on that because we had a huge section of our community that was flooded out. And uh, Bob actually lives in a neighborhood that had quite a bit of flooding in it. Um, I think he was, I don't know if he was on the homeowner's board or I can't remember. He's involved in a lot of things. But once, when Harvey hit, um, we, the majority of the flooding that we had was not actually from the rain from Harvey, it was because the reservoir north of us, they uh, released the reservoir and it was just like, I don't remember the numbers now, but it was almost like a torpedo of water coming down the river with no notice in the middle of the night. And um, it's come out since then that they still had three feet of capacity. So they were just, um, they were just doing it because, you know, they, wanted to, uh, I don't know what they wanted, but it was about protecting the lakefront homes. And I think also so that it wouldn't interfere with like um, Labor Day, it was coming up. Uh, I was out mucking out houses on a Sunday. My daughters were with their, their grandfather who lives around Lake Conroe and they were at the, like the yacht club uh, having brunch like this week and a half afterwards. I mean, it was like whatever damage there was, there was so little that they could just, you know, sweep things out and keep on going. While, you know, we had, we had businesses that weren't even anywhere close to the river that were, you know, completely inundated and couldn't even, I mean, some of them were closed for almost a year. And so since then, uh, Bob has been posting something every day on a website called Reduce Flooding. Every single day, 
this I just took a screenshot of this today. But every single day since Harvey, he's been posting something about flooding, whether it's um, what happened with Conroe or craziness after that. There's some literally, I mean, the there was still sand in the trees from the flooding, and there was somebody that wanted to uh, that was trying to build a skyscraper in the wetlands on kind of down by the river. It's completely asinine. I mean, things. And it was actually possible. They had to take it to the EPA to get it to stop. It was just Houston and Texas in general just are just insane when it comes to what they allow. You know, pay them some money. They'll let you do whatever you want. Pretty much like Pakistan and Afghanistan. Not that much different. So anyway, so he's been doing that all this time. All this time, every single, every single day. And he, my point is about this, is he ran for school board. He should have won. He should have won. I mean, if anybody had any sense, they would have elected him because Bob, again, is awesome. But he didn't. But if he had been on the school board, would he have been giving all this focus to flooding issues in the area? I don't think so. He would have been focused on the mess that is on ISD. But instead, because he lost, he, he was not doing that. And he has been instead, you know, educating everyone and uh, about you know, flooding issues and um, you know speaking you know and trying to get um, proper flood retention and you know I think that if he hadn't have done that uh, we probably would be underwater right now because there were stuff that happened after that too so um, it's not always about the wind I mean sometimes it's not the, maybe you're just there to do your own little part and the plan is a lot longer than what you had anticipated and um, sometimes you just have to be faithful and just do the right thing even though it's hard and even though maybe we won't see the positive result of that right away. You just have to be willing to like put in the work. You know, if we feel called to a certain area, be willing to do the work, even though maybe you won't see the outcome of that work. So anyway, I'm trying to not be so long this time, but going back to um, the Afghans, honestly, I have did a little bit this week. I haven't done that much, and I haven't even really been on um, keeping up with the stories. Uh, we first, when Mark and I first started trying to figure out what was going on, it was really difficult even just finding stories about it. It just almost seemed like um, there was like a, almost like a media blackout about Afghanistan. And I realize that there's not, but it's like, it's not in the, you know, in the whole news cycle churn. It's just, it just doesn't, it's not, um, it doesn't come up very often. So you have to find sources to follow. Like I said, one of my, uh, one of the people I've met for this, uh, Clint Stevens, he is a great person to follow for this. He posts a lot of news stories. Um, the other person that is kind of like my go-to to figure out like what's going on with um, immigration options, um, Lark Abroad, she has a, um, there's an episode where on the Afghanistan podcast project where she's interviewed. So she's a good person to follow, just to kind of see where it's at and see the process. The other thing to follow is um, 
the Afghanistan Project podcast. This is a screenshot from pretty early on. Um, they have another one. Um, I didn't, haven't even, I've been so wrapped up in this other stuff, I haven't even watched your latest episode. But if you just, like, want to know what's going on and um, kind of the real story, um, those three places will give you a good idea about what is going on. So, um, I think I mentioned this last week. There's something else. Oh, I know, I know. So, we had I've talked before about, like, the that we've been trying to work on getting these UNHCR certifications for our people. It does not really help with immigration because people generally, um, UNHCR is not relocating people or resettling people from Pakistan, but it does give them the right to stay there uh, in Pakistan without having to worry about visas, which are for Pakistan, just to say, which is a complete nightmare. It's such a nightmare. We did get some back, but the ones that we're getting back are tourist visas, and they have to do file exit permits. They have to leave and then come back in every 60 days, and you may say, oh, that's not a big deal. No, they have to pay for the exit permits, too. It's crazy. And also, like, even if, even if they fly out, like, let's say you get them a visa to go out, they have to, they can't leave Pakistan can't fly out unless if they have legal status in Pakistan. The whole thing is a mess, which means you have to keep your visas current. So anyway, we've been we've been working on that. I have where's my little slide? Yeah, this is like a whole long process with this. We've had people that just uh, a few weeks ago went in for their first sharp pre-screening, which is that step two there just started, and. Um, the one positive thing is that with that, um, the first people that were being called that had, they had registered in, uh, with Sharp in September, 2021, and they just went, they just started, got there a couple weeks ago, got their first pre-screening interview. But the first people who were called were women, like the whole, the, the husband and wife would register, but the woman got the, the wife got the phone call. We did have somebody that was a, a man that got called, a single man, which was, I think it's good because I think they're kind of like, they see them as low priority. So that is good that they were able to get that. So that's a good thing. And I think I mentioned last week that I got a message, like when I'm in the middle of all this stuff, I get a message from one of our people that, oh, they're in Brazil. So, okay, that's good. But we have to, um, I saw, I don't, I don't know. I have to catch up on my email, all my messages, but, um, we need to get him settled because he just he just got there and um, they just gave him the uh, like one organization uh, gave him airline tickets or paid for the airline tickets another paid for the exit because if they if they don't have current visas then they have all these fines they have to pay it's crazy like one of our people just to get like a current visa his fines are like eight hundred dollars with Pakistan to get a current Pakistan visa. Someone else, if they hadn't, um, they had kind of an amnesty thing in December. And if he hadn't like returned to Afghanistan to come back, um, then his the fines would have been $2,000. Isn't that not crazy? So anyway, he had, they had an organization that helped them with that, but um, th that's it. I mean, they're basically kind of 
you know, up in a strange like a country where I don't think they speak the language. And so um, I have to, um, I did send a message to the guy who is uh, set up a whole resettlement structure to take people to Brazil to see, because I, I did get a quote from him for the whole thing to, to move them totally, but now he's there. So I kind of need an adjustment on that, but we still need to get him into the system that this guy set up because his resettlement system is, you know, they have um, cultural assimilation classes, language classes, uh, helps with job searches, um, get kids in school, you know, gives them, gets them settled in, you know, an apartment. It just basically is if they were here and our resettlement system, they have, he said that has created that for Brazil. So I need to figure out how to get him, our family into that. We also need to get funding for it. So I did call, um, this is like, I think it was three weeks ago that I sent a message to one of the NGOs that this person worked for and somebody did call, but I missed it and I called back. I haven't, I haven't been able to connect with them. So I'm hoping that they can help because the excuse has been that, you know, there's nothing that they can do, which is not true. But, um, I just want to at least give them the opportunity to uh, support one of their former employees. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But um, if you are wondering how you could help, um, I I've been mentioning mobilerecharge.com. This is like anybody, anybody in the world, actually. You can, if you have their phone number and their uh, carrier, you can add data to their phone. And that is super important. I think I've mentioned that um, one of our, I think a couple of our people have actually um, missed UN calls because, or for the refugee certification because they lost their phone number. So, or they didn't, they're, they lost their service. And so it's really important that they keep that up. Um, also, uh, I mentioned last week that the, um, they're estimating, you know, that if the UN does not, the World Food Program, if they don't get more funding, that's wrong. If they don't get more funding, that they're, um, I mean, they're not going, they're going to have to start cutting aid to Afghanistan because they don't have the funding for the food. And it's a really severe situation right now. But there is a way that you can, um, apart from nonprofits that are providing food there, there is a way that you can send food. To, this is for people in Afghanistan. Um, it, there's an app called the seal and you just download this on your phone. And there's two options to this. It's one is buy good and the other is do good. This is a screenshot within the app. Um, and they have different, Oh, I, I, I just realized this. So they've expanded to Turkey and Syria. Okay. That's cool totally did not even notice that before, but it started with Afghanistan. Um, so you can support these individual efforts if you want, or you can um, also, like if you know a family that you want to send food to, like this for example, we have some of our people that I've been working with are, uh, they escaped to Pakistan, but they still have family that are in Afghanistan. And um, you can send for $88, you can send 
a food package to be or buy a food package to be delivered to them um, in Afghanistan, and that is for will be enough for a family of eight for a month. So um, with that mobile recharge, you can do it for as little as five to seven dollars. Um, with the food package, you know, you could feed a family for eighty-eight dollars for a month. Um, you know, we have. Um, I mean, it's just, it really doesn't take a whole lot to help. Like, our, like, we're going into this, like, I have no um, basis for, you know, like, what is reasonable. And so, you know, talking to different people, there's um, one, um, I talked to the team lead for one of an organization that has been providing aid in Afghanistan, Pakistan, to Af that are Afghans are in Pakistan and he said that they when they bring a family out like from Afghanistan to Pakistan um, it's about they need about $330 a month for support for a family of five to seven and that's for housing and food and then like medical whatever all of that is, is added to that but you see it really it doesn't take a whole lot to make a big difference and we have no, we, it's really easy to put the, um, oh, some, that's somebody else's job. Somebody else can do it. You know, no, like we can, we can, we can help, you know, just right off of our phone, help people across the world. And so you do have to, um, be cautious, but you know, it's, it's actually very easy to, you know, connect with real people and actually help them. These are some of, I haven't shared this in a while, but um, these are some of the people that are helping, um, that have helped my people and um, uh, my friends from Unexpected Journal and the Apologetics Program. I have HBU, because that's just, that's what they were when I went there, but it's actually HCU now. Um, people from my Bible studies and people that, that whole, like, effort that we had in 2017, I refer to them as brown coats of ISD. There's another lady, she hasn't given me, she has her name up here, but my friend Leslie, she teaches, she teaches Hebrew classes if you want to take Hebrew, but um, I have her contact information in the description, but she's been meeting with the, um, the, uh, some of the kids and um, teaching them classes because they're not in school. They're not in school. And so it, that's another, that's another whole thing. Um, I mean, even just, you know, we have some of our people have said, hey, we're doing English classes, and, you know, so they're, when they move, they're ready, but, and they're doing it among themselves, but they would like to have, you know, more interaction with English speakers, like just going and talking to them, and um, the kids that I teach, like, can you find us another teacher? I'm like, okay, okay, because they just want to go to school. I mean, they don't, their life has been on hold for all this time, and so, anyway, we've, um, I have a couple of people need to find somebody else, but, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of things you can do. People at the Nets, they were, they've kind of helped from the very begin, beginning, but I, there's just, there's a lot of ways to help. So anyway, um, if you do want to help in some way, you can send a message to, uh, contact at raceblock.org and let me know, but I think I'm going to call it a day. I'm not going to go for an hour and a half like I did last time, but I hope you have been having a great week and uh, I hope you can do some good next week. Talk to you later.